This is the Race Like a Girl podcast, where you always get a one of a kind RC talk experience from the female perspective. Our motto is to always strive to beat the guys. So without further ado, here are your fuel burning, four wheel drive turning hosts, Katie and Mackenzie. Welcome to the next episode of Race Like a Girl. We are trying to get some good Nats content out to you guys as you're probably making the drive or flying or on your way to LCRC or even if you're not going to the Nationals, maybe you're just going to have a good time listening to all of the coverage. We have a really cool episode with some really neat perspectives. So I want to welcome both Rhonda Drake and Katie Roxbury to the show. So hey, Rhonda. Hello. Hi, Katie. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Good. So thank you both for joining this episode. I'm sure it's going to be a real treat for our listeners. So let's go ahead and we will start with Silver State first. I personally did not attend Silver State, but I feel like I watched enough of it and the coverage was awesome that I could definitely speak to it. And um, you both had some really, really cool things going on at Silver State. So let's go ahead and talk about prep. And I feel like we can talk about prep for either Silver State or Nationals, but both of those are really big races. So is there anything that you do differently to prep for a race like that? Or kind of what does your prep look like? And Rhonda, we'll go ahead and start with you first. Okay, so I kind of maybe not this year's DNC, but the DNC before, I really overly prepped. And I think it hurt me. (laughs) Um, this, This year for like Silver State, I just kind of... I glue my tires. I have everything ready. The cars are ready by the time I get there. And then you just kind of prepare for what's in front of you. Um, Cause like, like I said, in the past, I've kind of overdid it. You know, you expect to do so good. So now I'm just kind of like, all my stuff is ready. The tires are glued um, and everything. And I just kind of go into a race now, just whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Cause sometimes you just overthink it. Um, as far as gnats, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty ready for that. Um, I do still need to glue my tires cause we were in Arizona this past weekend. So I just need to pretty much glue my tires, kind of just make sure we have everything. I, I am racing gnats, but I'll tell you, I'm mainly going to help Adam pit to pit for him. So whatever my results are, are what they are. <laughs> so that's my prep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Adam is super grateful. Are you going to run both Buggy and Truggy, Rhonda? Or are you just yeah. going to run Buggy? No, Buggy and Truggy. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to say like I'm not going to race, I, which I am fully am. I want to do the best that I can do. But I mainly um, want to see Adam do the best that he can do. So, um, 
you know, he doesn't have a designated pit person anymore. And I'm kind of tired of watching people kind of run him out of the gas or whatever issue. And I hope I don't do it, but, but I know I'm pretty (laughs) solid in the pits and stuff like that. I just, I, I'm really actually good at pitting. I just don't like doing it. It's just one of the things I'd rather not do it. I'd rather the pressure be on somebody else. (laughs) So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So Katie, what are you doing to prep for nationals or what did you do to prep for silver state? Were any of those processes different? I feel like they're both super big races, but kind of talk us through your prep. Yeah. I do want to touch on what Rhonda said about the pitting situation too, because like (laughs) I completely understand, especially like with, you know, going to Nats with, with Jared and also being there for him at silver state. Like I know he has Papa wig and Papa wig is like dominating in the pits. So there's not really a stress for me to have to pit him. But also I think I differ um, with you on that to where I really like pitting. There's some times where we would get, go to like a smaller, like local race um, and we'd both be racing pro. And sometimes it'd be kind of sucky because we'd both be in the same main. So that means I can't pit him, which kind of sucks, but I mean, mean, it's really awesome that we get to race together. Um, But yeah, I think that's where we differ. But um, in terms of prep for Silver State and Nationals, I don't really... I prep for each race about the same, um, but the the bigger races, I I definitely kind of open my eyes a little bit more and prep a little bit better. Um, Same with Rhonda, how I I normally get my cars all clean and prepped and I change bearings and, you know, make sure that the shock wheels and diff wheels are all prepped and pretty new. Like, I try to give myself the best opportunity I can to do do the best I can. Um, And then my tires will be ready. Um, If my tires aren't ready, I'll just do it um, the day before practice, like the night or the morning of. Um, and that's not too much of a stress on me. So I'll, I'll make sure to, you know, set my endpoints and ride height and droop and all that stuff. Whereas before I kind of like slacked off on it, but then going to PNB, I decided that, okay, this is, you know, this is the time that I'm really going to, or silver state, actually, this is the time that I'm going to do everything and prep as much as I possibly can before I race. And the results that I had at silver state really showed that, Um, because two years ago when silver state, when I was at my first silver state a couple years ago and I was granted, I was working in the dirt booth. Um, and I also kind of borrow, I didn't have any of my stuff at the time. Um, somebody was holding it for me and I didn't have access to it. Um, so Jose Alvarado actually lent me his e-buggy and said, Hey, why don't you just drive this? Like, I'm not going to drive it. And I said, sure. Why not? So I went out for, I think both calls. And or all three quals and the main and I did decent, but I was in the sportsman B main and then I come back this year and I'm in the intermediate B main, which I feel like is a huge improvement already. And I honestly like I was questioning that entire weekend because I was like, what am I doing differently? Like, and I think it just came down to, you know, prepping before the race because I've never prepped that, you know, that um, in depth before. Um, So that's definitely something that I had. I have to keep my mind open for nationals is do everything I can possibly do before I go. Um, I haven't started to prep yet um, just because I'm (laughs) so busy with going to all these different tracks. We went to Indy a few times and then we went to um, GP a couple of times to practice. I'm definitely getting in tune with my car and changing, you know, things on the setup, setup side of it. Um, And I'm definitely like learning a lot, which is awesome. 
I feel like I can speak to prep for nationals, not for Silver State, but um, <laughs> it's a little crazy at the Carmendi household because it was recently Dave's birthday and I got him a nitro buggy for his birthday because his is just, you know, just about that time. <laughs> and I really somewhat was like, you know, I don't even know if he's going to want to build this and have a brand new car for nationals, but he's mm. building it. We are like full blown knee deep in like trying to get all of our buggies and truggies ready. Normally we only have one truggy and we share the truggy. And normally it's like the last thing that I work on. It's like hard enough to work, try to work out, try to get race like a girl stuff going, try to work on my nitro buggy. It's hard enough to get all of that done. Truggy is oftentimes uh, kind of the last <laughs> car that gets attention, but I'm really trying to make sure that it's in like, you know, when you go to the nationals, you want everything in tip top shape. So I'm really going through it. So I'm not building a new car personally, but uh, Dave is. And we uh, had to have a second Truggy so that we both could run Truggy. So Dave's actually borrowing one, but he went through the entire the entire Truggy too, like took almost the beer bones off. He might as well have rebuilt it. So it's a little crazy at the Carmody household. And to add to it, we um, are in the SOS Point Series, which is a southern kind of southeast series. It's a really popular series. The first race had 300 entries, and they split their classes, sportsman, intermediate, and pro. So normally at the local level, I would always run pro. I've never even really seen like a kind of local series race be split into those three classes. I, I honestly don't know if any of the West Coast series do that. But I struggled to begin with of where do I belong? Should I run inter intermediate or should I run pro? Because at a big race, like a race time entertainment event where you do have to decide where, whether you're running sportsman open or pro, it's like no doubt in my mind, I'm for sure running open or intermediate or silver state even since we're talking about silver state. It's like I'm for sure running intermediate, but at a club level, it's like, hmm, <laughs> where do I put myself? So one could argue that um, some of us at the top of intermediate should be in pro, but I started the first race in intermediate, so I said I was just going to see it through. And now it's like a four-way battle for the lead. So I'm in the lead right now for the point series. But if you drop our lowest race, either one of the two other guy racers will be in the lead, either Kyle or Peter. But Mackenzie and I are perfectly evenly tied with our drops for either second or third. So there's like four or five of us battling for this first place i understand it's only intermediate but sos series and so i say all that to say that that's this weekend which is the weekend before we leave for nationals we're leaving for nationals on tuesday so a little bit crazy that we're going to try to race this big series and um have to turn around sunday and monday and hopefully have enough time to get them back ready to go to nationals so is. It's definitely a little crazy here at the Carmendi household. 
That's kind of the same thing with Jared because he leaves tomorrow morning to go to a race up in Wisconsin this weekend. And then he has to turn around a couple days later, prep for nationals. So he's got a busy couple of weeks coming up too. Because we're in the series though, like if it were just a normal, I don't know, big, mm-hmm. just bigger race, I wouldn't be as concerned about it. But because it's one of the series races, I'm like, uh, I feel like I need to do it, but I need to go and prep my stuff for nationals. So we're doing it, but we'll see how it works out. I have like a practice car and then then my like prep cars for that. So I go run the crap out of some like car. I'll run it at like a race what you're talking about. And then I'll my like if I'm going race, I already have them, you know, like my race race car. So but I know everybody that but. I really need to do that, especially in this instance. I, I don't have a backup car, but I feel like if I were to get a new nitro buggy i would try and make it work to leave my old one running for that reason um even when you're on like a practice day dave and i can go through like one or two gallons of fuel almost on a practice day when we're really testing and just running straight through so it's like that time is going on my motor as well. And it's like, if that's my race motor, do I really want all this time when I'm just trying to cut laps being put on my motor? So I definitely think I'm going to try that direction moving forward. And the other thing that I've really thought about recently is Wally offers his Wally build service. And while I can fully pretty much work on anything and replace anything, almost anything but electronics. I'm not the greatest at soldering. It's not that I can't do it. I just feel like Dave's solder is way better than mine. But um, I was like, man, if I had a second car that I could actually send to him, like I feel like I would take him up on that offer just so if I felt like I didn't have time, I could just, you know, send it and it's just ready to go when it comes back to me. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm really good at soldering, but I don't really run electric anymore, but it takes years to get that soldering. It's like, just, you have to have the right amount of solder and and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I got, I got Adam as my mechanic, so it helps out a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I can do it all. And I try to do a bunch of it and stuff. I just, over the years, I'm kind of like, eh. I mean, it's not that I don't want to, but I'm always busy doing whatever else, because I'm basically Adam's assistant, too, so <laughs> I am with all the other stuff, and then when it comes down to it, he's like, okay, it's time to get the cars ready or whatever, and I'll help with some of it, but like I said, it's, it's uh, mm-hmm. I just kind of let him, like, like I said, we, we have the race race car, and it sits on the shelf until we go to a big race, so it's pretty much fully rebuilt by the time, you know, we're ready to go to the big races, so... Mm-hmm. But. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just, um, I, I do enjoy working on the car. And when he's gone, I do all my own stuff and all that. But I just, uh, I let him handle it because he doesn't like how I do it anyways, and he'll, <laughs> he'll tweak on it more. And I'm like, well, then you do it then. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely some stuff like on a nitro buggy, the radio tray. I hate with a passion. <laughs> putting all the servos and the wires and just the whole thing, especially if it needs to be spaced off the chassis. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, here's my radio tray. Can you help me out, please? (laughs) 
Uh, that is, it isn't fun. Uh, I'll admit that. And then the linkage and all that and just having everything and all the adjustments just right. It kind of, it's tedious versus just putting the main parts together and, and all that. It is very tedious. All right, so let's get into the actual racing at Silver State. So we definitely covered how all of us are getting ready for either did get ready for Silver State or are getting ready for Nationals. You'll see us all at Nationals, but back to Silver State. So um, I don't know, kind of talk to us about practice, what it's like to be in Vegas while you're racing, um just kind of how much time do you have to do some of the vegas stuff and what was your plan for practice i really didn't have like a plan for practice because i'm terrible it's at the seating i i think it mentally messes me up because i'm i i i can put down those fast laps and all that kind of stuff but i I don't do, that's not what actually, because all those guys that actually had really good seating didn't even make the main. And so I really think, um, I, I don't, I, I think what bothers me about seating is like seating, you're still trying stuff. You're still putting on a set of tires to see what's working out there. And all these guys are like, oh, I got fast lap. And they're like gloating and, uh, you know, just so proud as a peacock out there and all that. And then it comes to the, the qualifying and then the mains and they're not in there, but I, you know, you got to hear it cause they just have to tell you and all that. So I think seating kind of mentally messes me up. Um, I thought, you know, I, I knew my cars were really, really good and all that. Um, I actually thought my buggy was the best, even more so than my truck, but in the main, I actually broke a shock piston. So I was kind of like, ah, you know, but my car was good. When we went out for warm up for the race, for the A mains, my car, I did uh, like a 36, which at the time was really, really fast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my bug. Yeah. I'm like, it's on. And, you know, I was like, that's where I was saying, like, when you prepare and you prep and you overthink it, you, you, like, I wanted to do so good and buggy and it just, I broke a shock piston. So sometimes things are just out of your hands. So no matter how much you prepare and practice or try stuff or whatever, it just, the stars have to align for you. So, you know, I like to hear your guys' perspective. You know, I've done this a very, very long time and I've taken so many different approaches to stuff. So to look at racing through your guys' eyes kind of brings me back to, you know, how I used to race and, and my mindset then and all that. And I really don't, even know what I'm doing now. I just <laughs> So go ahead, Katie, with the practice. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really awesome that you say that because when you're when you were describing like the stars have to align perfectly no matter you know how much you prep, I completely agree with that because in in my quals, my Q1 was a little rough for both cars. Um, and then Q2 and Q3 kind of came in where like I was, you know, dialing in my cars to where um, setup was great and I felt absolutely awesome on the track like everybody was just very stressed out about how much bumps there were how much it was running out because it was so loamy and loose and I was just yeah. having an absolute blast I loved it and yeah. so when mains came around I landed myself pretty much in the same spot for both mains I think I was 20th overall for um, e-buggy and then 21st overall for intermediate um, nitro buggy. So pretty much the same. And then when I went in for my mains, my e-buggy main didn't go that great. I chose the wrong tires and I, um, I think I went up in center diff or I went, um, lower in center diff to help through the bumps a little bit better. 
Um, so I prepared that for my nitro buggy and going out for my nitro buggy. I did everything I could possibly have done to have a good run. My car felt the best it ever has, like since I built it and since I ran it and broke it in, like it just, everything was working perfectly. So, you know, a couple laps go around, you know, for warm up, and then we get to the grid and we're lining up and all of a sudden my buttons start pressing on my radio and I'm like, what's going on? I have no idea what's going on. No, I still have no idea why my radio was getting out and started pressing buttons, but it just stressed me out so bad because we're lining up for the grid. You know, they're like, Marshall's ready, driver's ready, down or quiet. And I, immediately have this in my head to where like oh my god like what's going on I don't know what's going on so we go off and then I thought that my motor tune wasn't wasn't great because I was having a little bit of motor issues but then we resolved it for this weekend actually today we were tuning in my motor for nationals so I think we got that figured out now Um, but the main uh, was just so stressful for me because it was like my radio was glitching out and I didn't know why and then my motor was you know the tune was off when it was fine stars didn't align (laughs) yes the stars didn't align but my car felt amazing and that back right section that huge um like that hill up there I was just like sending it over that hill and I was I was just driving the hardest I ever have just like because I knew the car was okay and I was like there's nothing I can do now I can't do anything about the radio I can't do anything about the motor at this point I just need to drive so that's what I did. And I drove and my results in both mains were not what I expected, but I can't complain because I did a lot better than I did two years ago. So I'm very, very happy with how everything went. I think it's interesting what you said too, Rhonda, about the hot lap. I feel like um, my husband actually specifically does a lot better if he doesn't look at the hot laps throughout yep. the day, because I feel like you can become way too obsessive over the hot laps but um I feel like there was one point in my racing where I focused a little bit too much on consistency and I was like oh you know I'll I'll get people just by being consistent and I don't have to be super fast but it definitely was like I was still too far away from people even with my consistency I was definitely missing speed and while I don't think that I'm totally there yet I feel like now that I found more speed with my consistency that it's like okay like I I can be a half second off you know fast lap and it's okay I can still be there in the mix um last weekend was a perfect example like I was a half second off Dave but for half the race I was still there almost in a podium position and so I think it's interesting Rhonda to hear you speak to the people who are like oh yeah hot lap you know Uh it's like yes you can put it together for a lap, but can you do that for a qualifier or a main, especially in nitro? I mean, we're talking about 20, 30 minute mains, but I also want, was curious sometimes, you know, even when this happens between Dave and I, if I do beat someone, even if it's not in a race, just like a qualifier, there almost I don't know I want to say like 80 90 percent of the time they're like well I hot lapped you so it's fine that's what I'm talking about they gloat about that and this seating and everything else like that and we're like we're, this is basically practice you're bragging about <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
It's like no, like I I outqualified you, so like you're you're okay with that as long as as long as you hot lapped me, it's totally fine as long as you hot lapped me. <laughs> it's you know what, like like come come say that after the mains, you know what I mean? But they're I'm they're proud peacocks. <laughs> but yeah, so so I don't I actually. I, I can't, I don't, I don't like hearing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm just like, that's why I wear my headphones a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. They do like to brag about hot lap and all that. But then, you know, it's just, it's another thing when the mains come. So, um, mm-hmm. but I, but I'm not one of those either. I, I, even if I do well, I'm not one, I'm not going to be like, oh, you see, you see, I uh, qualified you, huh? I don't do that. <laughs> Ever done that and I don't understand why guys do it but maybe it's the testosterone or <laughs> I don't get it but uh like for me like you know if I do good I just kind of tell Adam all you know at night I'm like I did good you know <laughs> but that's but that's a, the extent of it I don't I don't tell other people I did good or and all that and then you know it when you do good and people congratulate you too, I'm like, Oh, thank you. I don't even know what to say, you know, but, but as far as like, like when the men do that and, and the hot lap, I, I just, it's just funny. Like I had one guy tell me one time at one, this is a couple of years ago at Nitro challenge. I had broke in the main and he comes over like four months later. He's like, yeah, but I beat you at Nitro challenge. I was like, I broke though. And it, it doesn't matter. I beat you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Do you need a little star to make you feel special? You know, <laughs> just like, but it's just crazy how they, how they do that. So, but uh, I don't know. So let's move into the track. So I feel like Silver State is obviously unique because it's in Las Vegas, but the facility mm-hmm. itself um, is unique as well. It's an indoor facility, but speak to us about the specific layout that was in there this year. What was challenging as far as the layout itself? What did you like the best? Or talk to us about the dirt. How was the dirt or how did it change from practice to the mains? And we'll start with you first, Katie. Okay. Um, yeah, it was definitely, it's been a couple of years since I had raced on like the West coast again. So getting to see everybody from Cali and, you know, Arizona and Nevada was really nice. Um, and the track was, uh, like loose and loamy and there was like, it rutted out a ton, which was awesome because it's been a while since I had raced on a surface like that. Um, cause we had, you know, the race time entertainments where there was like indoor arena, um, type of racing where it doesn't like blow out a ton. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of people struggling with it. Um, I don't know how, you know, I think Jared was saying, um, and Chris Moran, I was talking to him a lot about like setup in the car and, you know, how things were different from here compared to PNB and, um, in terms of like competition wise and how the track differs and, you know, the setup between like Joey's setup and, um, Dave's setup for the races and all that. And then my driving too, because I think the way that I drive in the driving style that I have benefited me at Silver State because I'm a little bit easier on the throttle. So I wouldn't power, I wouldn't over, um, accelerate into the bumps. Um, so I, I think I was able to control it, um, a little bit easier i guess um but yeah the the layout was super fun especially with that 
huge hill at the top right. And then um, just, yeah, it was it was very challenging, but it was super fun. <laughs> I don't know if it's a male to female thing. And Rhonda, I don't know if you have thoughts on that. But I feel like especially when a track has more bumps or is more blown out, whatever you want to call it, I feel like like a lot of us female drivers just I don't know if we just it's not worth the risk for us to go through the bumps at such a high speed and and risk the wreck or what but I feel like a track like that best suits a lot of us because we are able to to push it controllably if that makes sense Mm-hmm. I prefer rutted tracks because it's more challenging and everything. And I think a smooth track is easy for anybody. And I don't like, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I come from the old school tracks where they were a lot more technical and difficult and all that. And I feel like we've gone more like Euro style, like, and I just feel it's easy. It's just more about speed and all that kind of stuff. So I like a rough track. I, I I'm not going to lie to, I, Nothing against Joey, and I know why he builds the track that way, you know, because the track's going to blow out. But it's going to blow out regardless, whether it's an, an easy track or a technical track, it's going to blow out. I really want challenging tracks, and Adam and I have talked about in the future, we might actually own a track or do that because we want it to our liking and all that. You know, I know a lot of track owners do easy tracks because they say the Sunday crowd, the Sunday crowd, but it's a racetrack. You know, if we want, you know, to water it down, then build a separate track for your Sunday crowd and all that. But as far as like Silver State, I did like it on Truggy Day because it was extremely rough and it wasn't as rough for Buggy Day. But I just wish we could put like a double, double, triple or, you know, something with timing that not everybody's going to get, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like Adam and I were talking to, like, we used to go to a track, like, what do you think you're going to do on this section? And and, you know, because you were really like thinking, you know, strategy wise or a tabletop into a corner, you know, and now it's just like, oh, yeah, you're going to do that, that and that. And I'm not saying that the track wasn't fun because it was fun and everything, but I really actually enjoyed it on the, you know, the it, it separates people when it does get rough. And, um, you know, because if it's smooth then everybody's just high speed, full speed and all that but um i thought the atmosphere as far as being in the the casino and everything is awesome you know but you never really have enough time to do the things you want to do it's hard to go to dinner at night when you're getting out of there at 11 o'clock at night um but i thought overall i loved it i want to sound like i'm talking negative but i just really want more challenging and technical tracks and it just never happens and i am sad <laughs> so <laughs> But no, I do. uh, Adam and I have talked about possibly doing a track one day, but I mean, our time is, it's great. I don't even have time to go. I don't even shop anymore. And I'm a female. (laughs) (laughs) We're just so busy. And to try to do all the things we want to do, we need like three of us. But, um, but I I thought the event went pretty smooth for having that many entries. Um, I didn't particularly care for the sandbags. I know that they can't put stakes in the back or in the track but until like the sandbags got dirt over them they were kind of if you got into a sandbag it was like you know it was hard to like get off of those sandbags and stuff like that but uh all in all by the time truggy main day came it was a really good rough 
challenging track that separated people at that time. So that was my thoughts on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really honestly hoping that that happens at nationals. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I'm hoping because it's outdoors and LCR, I have never been to LCRC, but it's not covered, right? No. No. Yeah, I'm really hoping that a lot more of that happens at nationals. So I I will be excited if it does. Yeah. <laughs> really excited about is um, because of the weather being in like the springtime um, or later on, like early, early summer, um, it can out in Pennsylvania and out like even down in here in Texas and, you know, West Virginia, it's raining a lot. But LCRC does a really good job of like last time we were there for like, I think it was the season opener last year or something like that. And um, we went there. It rained for 45 minutes, like straight pouring rain. And within 30 minutes, the track was ready. So that's one thing I'm excited for is that if we do get rained on, we won't get rained out because they do a really good job of prepping the track quickly. If we do, hopefully it just gives the track that much more character. (laughs) (laughs) True. I said it. I tried to go the whole podcast without saying that word. I couldn't. I couldn't help it. It just came out. (laughs) Um, All right. So I guess before we get into the mains, anything specifically that you can think of related to qualifying that was either a win or was super challenging in one of your qualifiers? And Rhonda, we'll start with you first. But I mean, you got both your buggy and your truggy into the A main. So although like we aren't concerned with hot laps necessarily, we have agreed on that. You did an awesome job of getting yourself into the A main. Thank you. Yeah, I actually, Adam and I drive different setups. And when I was out there during qualifying, I was like, Adam, I'm giving it all I got. And he's like, yeah, but your setup's just not fast. And I said, well, what should we do? And he's like, well, do you want to try some of my setup? I said, just put all of your setup on. And normally I will not do that. I I don't change stuff up very easily. I keep everything the same. And I said, well, I need speed. So we need to change something. So we ended up putting his setup on my car. And I think when I drive his cars normally, I use his radio. And I think what I really don't like is his radio adjustments because I drive different than him. But we were, I actually, we put his setup on my car uh, for, I think, the second qualifier in Buggy. And it was really good. And so I was starting to make progress there. Like I said, I don't change anything. I am a creature of habit. So whatever I practice with at home, I might change a tire or two, but I don't stray too far from my setup. But it actually worked out for me really good. Um, I I was a, I was happy to get all the cars in the main because it's some... Oh, I didn't actually because remember I had to bump from the B main in truck in order to make the A main. And I just oh, remember right. telling... Yeah, I remember telling myself, I was like, you can't crash on the first lap. Because if you crash on the first lap, we're done. <laughs> so I just remember I got through the first lap and then I was able to to lead the rest of the whole race. And then I made it into the A-Main. So it was one A-Main I didn't make until I bumped into it. But uh, I was happy. I think you're always your main goal is I got him in the mains. So that's that's all I want to do. And uh, so you're able, you know, you're just happy and you're, you're like content. I feel like if you were to qualify like TQing, I, I don't know that I would ever want to be TQ 
because you do get the biggest arrow on your back and the pressure that you put on yourself on on anything so I actually like qualifying from the back so I guess I like misery (laughs) that added pressure for sure but yeah that was that was pretty much my qualifying I I just like I said I I did do something out of the norm and it and it worked out and I liked it so you were still high enough in the B that you gave yourself a really good shot at getting to the A. When you're in like the D or C, I think about my psycho nitro blast a couple years ago, maybe last year, not this year. Um, I was in the D main and I was like, man, there's only so far that I can work with this. It's hard coming from the back main after main after main after main. <laughs> from like an F main to the A main before. Oh my gosh, what yeah. race was that? It was in gas truck. These were gas truck days and I didn't race like the it was the first time like I raced gas truck at a series thing. <laughs> and um I was like, okay, you know, like all right, I, I qualified pretty bad. I think I broke or whatever in qualifying, or maybe I wasn't even there. I don't remember why I, I wasn't didn't qualify better, but I ended up bumping from the F main. And this is before they had all the class separation. We were all in just one class. And uh, so I miss those days. I, I think we all should be in one class to see where we actually stack up. That's why I like like nationals and things like that, because it kind of shows you where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree. And I've actually talked about this in, I don't know, one other episode before. And maybe I was even referring to the SOS series. I hated that I had to pick between intermediate and pro i was just like if we were all one class like it wouldn't even it wouldn't even be a thought i wouldn't even have to worry about where am i supposed to be running i really enjoy running all together and just seeing where it shakes out like at nationals i'm obviously not shooting to make the finals or the semifinals or even the quarterfinals but I mean, there's realistic goals along the way, even though I'm not in that level. And that's okay. Like, I don't need to be getting a first place trophy like someone who is actually going to win the race is to feel like I had a good race. I don't know. I I completely agree. I'm not in it for the podium picture and, and the Facebook likes. I seriously want to know where I stack up against the best in the world, you know, so... I wish that it could be like that, but not everybody feels that way. I know. That is the difficult part is we we as a whole in RC definitely have varying, varying perspectives on that. But I like running all one class together. I like seeing where I stand, stack up. And if it's the C main, it's the C main. That's fine. But when I go to nationals or a race like that next year, like you were talking about, Katie, okay, well, this is where I was at last year. Let's see, you know, what a goal is this year, where I'm at kind of. So I'm all down for it. I'm cool with it. Yeah, it was really relieving also when I talked earlier about where I was last year for um, Silver State or two years ago since they didn't have it last year. But and then seeing myself compared last year and to myself this year and seeing like who who was, you know, in front of me and who was behind me in the mains. That was really cool to see. Um, but I completely agree with the whole, like, there should be one class thing. We should all see where we stack up next to each other. You guys already had said this, but I completely agree. I'm super excited for nationals because like you said, Katie, like there's no way I'm shooting for like the finals or the semifinals or even the corner finals, but it'd be really cool to see, um, where I, you know, where I stand compared to everybody else. But 
Especially because we didn't, I've only been to one nationals personally. It was the uh, Texas one in 2019, and then we didn't have nationals in 2020. So especially because there has been a larger gap since I've been at nationals, it's like, I'm excited just to see like, well, where am I at now compared to the first nationals? So Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've never been to a Nationals before, like racing. I went to the one in 2017 um, at Stateline in Indiana, but that was just um, to be a pit girl for somebody. But um, yeah, I've never actually like raced one, so I'm really excited. I'm nervous because I've never like Jared. I had to have Jared explain to me how the whole thing like works because obviously there's no like there's no classes and there's no like aim or a main or there's no B main or anything like that. So I was like, how does this work? And he goes, oh, it's like like odd mains and even mains and it's like quarterfinals and finals i was like oh my god the tree system yeah yeah so it's it's it was it's weird to me but i'm sure i'll get the hang of it like i'll sure i'm sure i'll be able to understand it once we get there and like actually you know get in line with everything and all that speaking of trophies and nationals i don't know if they still do this but in 2019 they awarded trophies to the first second and third place guy in each of the like ladder mains so i was in the 164th even i think but the way that they award out trophies is the first two or three people bump and then the first person after them gets the 164th even or odd trophy and so i got first place in the 164th i don't know even or odd that is the most dissatisfying trophy that i have ever got in my life because it's a constant reminder that i was the first person not to bump into the 132nd clap in the face like i i almost didn't want to keep that trophy but the only reason that i did was i just thought it was cool that it was nationals (laughs) <laughs> you should have walked up to the guy that bumped in front of you you want to trade me for this trophy <laughs> i'll take I, your bump spot <laughs> i really should have i really should have i was like man thank you this is the best trophy i've ever got tell me i'm the first loser awesome. i feel like i just should have given it to the guy that won like i understand i'm the first person not moving on but i feel like i should have just given it to the bump guy and been like here <laughs> here's the actual first place guy of that race yeah but anyways we cannot go this episode without talking about the mains of silver state because there is a lot going on with both of you in the mains Rhonda, you got a huge win in truggy and katie somehow you were racing and being a silver state trophy girl so i don't even know how you manage that but we're going to go ahead and start with Rhonda first for the mains um i know you mentioned that you broke a shock piston in buggy but talk to us about both buggy and truggy truggy was a super exciting race and <laughs> when i was watching your truggy main i was racing myself during the first part of it and as soon as i got off the track 
I had to go Marshall and I was like, no, the race is on. I got to watch it. So I like put my phone in the dirt and was trying to watch it. I ended up having to watch it again after um, <laughs> after I was done marshalling because it was just too difficult. But that was a really awesome race for one. But for two, there were a lot of comments and people talking about the racing specifically in intermediate or your buggy main um so just kind of give us your thoughts and how both buggy and truggy went well i'll start with truggy because that was the saturday so like i said i didn't make i made the 40 plus uh main but like i said i I was bq in the uh intermediate truggy so like i said i told myself all right Rhonda, you know you just can't crash on the on the first lap and and i didn't i was able to i think i led the whole entire race maybe i came in for fuel and i was in second for like a little bit and then i was right back at first but i'm pretty sure i led led that whole race in the b main and then i was like okay i'm starting in the back and then i listen to headphones most people know this i listen to music um I do, I can hear certain things, but I can't hear everything. I can hear when Adam kind of, I hear his pitch of his voice and I come in for pits and everything. And um, I knew, I actually asked Adam in qualifying, I'm like, because I didn't know who Chris Morant was. I was like, who's this guy? Because he never you know, comes on this side to, to race really. And I'm like, this guy's really fast. I said, is he pretty good? He's like, yeah, he's really good. I said, do you think I can beat him? And he's like, well, you have to not make any mistakes. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I kind of was sizing him up and watching him during qualifying. You know, you kind of know, you know, who, who you need to keep an eye on and everything. And uh, so I was just kind of pluck, plucking drivers off. And then little Frankie, he, he's been super, super fast. And, um, I didn't know how well he would do on a rough track because he mainly races indoor where it's smooth and all that. And um, I just kind of kept kept plucking drivers off and he had crashed or I'm sorry, he had broke. And then there was a crash in front of me. I actually had to go up against the wall to like get past the crash or whatever. And the last like couple laps of the race, I was like, okay, I'm up there. But I didn't know what place I was in. And, um, in the, in the A main actually. And, um, when I, I kind of knew I was battling, but I wasn't sure, you know, where everybody was at. And so when I did kind of pass Chris, um, I, I was pretty sure I won, but I was not sure. So then when the race was over, I kind of like, I could hear kind of the crowd a little bit. Um, I wish I wouldn't have had my headphones on because I love hearing the crowd. I love that stuff. And um, it was it was pretty neat because I asked Blake, like, I'm all, did I win? And he's like, yeah, you won. And then I had never gotten emotional. And uh, I was like, holy shit, I won. You know, so um, I think for me, like, I looked down at Adam and he, you know, he, I, and I smiled at him, but I actually feel like Dumford. He gave me like the thumbs up, like the Mr. Miyagi smile. It was funny. And then um, just all the hugs and the high fives you give after that. But I, when I turned around from like kind of, you know, look, you know, coming off the track or whatever, and I was walking down towards the driver's stand, I actually got choked up. And I'm not like that. I'm kind of like, well, whatever. It's just another race because I don't get nervous when I race or anything. But 
I remember when Adam and I got married and I've only got like this one other time when we were getting married and I was walking down the aisle when everybody stood up and looked at me, that's how I felt. And I got choked up and I'm like, keep it together. Your makeup's too good. <laughs> like, so it was kind of one of those moments. And then um, uh, the amount of people that come up to you and want pictures and, and I, like, I know when Mayfield wins a race, people come up and, you know, and they're excited or whatever. I kind of felt like Mayfield for a minute. Cause I never had so many, even like spectators that aren't really into RC were coming up and these little girls and so it was really neat for that and even in um the i got third in the 40 plus um it was kind of i made a couple of mistakes or whatever but it was fun to like dice it up and i like it when the crowd is into it too because you know it, our racing is kind of boring and it's kind of monotonous and okay that person's gonna win and you're not really excited about it but when you're dicing it and slicing it up on the track with somebody for a position all either all the way through the race or even towards the last couple minutes and the crowd's going nuts. I, I think that that's the most awesome kind of racing. And that's, I feel how the uh, 40 plus main was in Truggy for me. Um, so that was, that was a pretty awesome day. So then in warm up for buggy that day, I was like, like I told you guys before, I was like, my cars are awesome. I was like, it's on. I was like, I just had a good day of buggy or of Truggy, and now it's buggy day. But I was a little tired just from the week. You know, it's the last day you're there. You're, you didn't get proper sleep all week. And I'm not making excuses, but I don't do well without sleep. So my buggy was awesome. Going into the main, I almost had, I think, third in the 40-plus uh, buggy. Uh, but I ended up fifth. I made a couple of mistakes. And then for the actual A main intermediate, like I told you, I was so excited. Like my buggy's just ridiculous. It's so good. It's so easy to drive. And, and it's not every day that your buggy feels like that. And then it just doesn't sometimes work out for you. But I actually didn't know I broke a shock piston until Adam told me, I think you broke a shock piston. And once he tore it down, I had broke the shock piston, but I thought it was my tires. And I'm like, I just think I picked the wrong tire in this and that. Cause I can normally tell when a shock breaks, but I just couldn't for some reason, or the way that these shocks were, I don't, I don't know, but um, I just knew that I, I was giving it my all and it just wasn't going. So, but sometimes that's just how racing goes. And that's where I, I kind of started out at the beginning of the podcast saying the stars have to align and sometimes they don't. And sometimes you are so prepared and you're ready and it just doesn't happen for you. So there's always the next race. And then that, that's what fires you up for the next race. So, but overall I had a great time at Silver State. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I getting back to, you know, I like, we should have one class. And I love that there were so many entries at this year's Silver State because that's more competition that really shows you where you stack up and stuff. So um, I wish that I could run pro intermediate, all of them, just to kind of see where you where you're at. But then that goes back to we should just all run one class and see where we end up. So <laughs> but yeah, that's my story. I think I've asked you this before, but you run this in in your race, like say Silver State, for example, you run the same car or same truggy for both 40 plus and your intermediate, right? Correct. Your intermediate race was after 40 plus then. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your shock piston broke after yeah. you had already run your 40 in the, plus. able to run the 40 plus with no no problems. But then in, in the intermediate, 
it, it had broke and I don't know what part of the race it had broke or whatever, but yeah. So it was, it is what it is, you know. Speaking of 40 plus, I don't know if you want to speak to it or not, but there was a lot of controversy about, about Silver State hammering down the law for 40 plus. So any perspective you want to give us on that? (laughs) Yeah, the Adam Drake rule. So (laughs) if you're 40, 40, you should be able to race 40 plus. You know what I mean? And, and I could go back and forth on this all day long change it then if you don't want people you know change it to the name of it because it is 40 plus i guarantee if i was always winning 40 plus they'd kick me out of it it's just it's it's a stupid rule um because i've even seen at jbrls you can race intermediate and pro you know so they just I, i don't blame the promoters they want extra money but when when joey had told adam about the rule he was just gonna single out just adam well i don't think that's fair you know um so then Adam's like, well, then if whoever's racing pro, you need to kick them out as well. So then Joey did change the rule to where it was, um, you know, anybody running pro can't run 40. So then Dagani, which is a world champion, goes down to intermediate, you know. So it's like, where do you like you just I know, you know, Adam's like you said, it's not an advantage to getting older. Your eyes go, you know, you're getting older, your reactions, everything, you know, but. They, they then they were trying to make the excuse oh because you made the the a main and pro you can't race 40 plus it's like okay let's just make rules as we go why don't you just get rid of the 40 plus class but that's where i go back to all these classes and all that i personally run 40 i don't run 40 plus because i want to win 40 plus i run 40 plus because i want extra track, track time if i could run pro i'd run six classes you know it just I put myself, I'm not a sandbagger. I put myself in the pace of people I think I should be with. If I was walking away with the intermediate class, and I don't like that they call it intermediate either, just call it open, but I would move up to the next class if I thought I was faster than all of these other guys, you know? Um, I used to run pro and then I just backed it back down. I'm not a paid pro, I don't get paid to do it. And, um, I don't get my flights, you know, paid or anything like that. I I pay for my own money, you know, and everything. And, uh, I think it's funny too, because if they were to actually ask Adam, he's actually an employee of Mugen. He's not a salary driver of Mugen. You know what I mean? Like paid, like an independent, like most of these guys, he's actually employed. So if you want to get all technical about all of this stuff and the (laughs) rules and all that, I mean, you could just go all day about it or whatever, but it does suck that he did get singled out. You know what I mean? And, and, and it it is what it is, but we all just want more track time. And, and I just feel you, it would help if we didn't have all these classes too, you know, it would, it would shorten (laughs) our days a little bit. So is there anything else you want to know about that? Cause I'm very honest about stuff and, I think they're trying to accommodate for everybody by a- offering more classes, but I think it also just makes it more complicated. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I'm curious what you think about the idea, and I don't even know that I could quote right now who has done this before, but someone, I feel like, has done it where, you know, say Nationals doesn't do this, but say we're at Nationals, we're all running one class, right? The top 
I don't know, dozen people who are 40 plus and would qualify for the 40 plus class would then get to race their own main, but they don't necessarily qualify or do anything separate. It's just if you if you say, yes, I want to put my name in the hat for that class, then if I'm in the top dozen who said that too, then I get to run the feature. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. <laughs> I can't even quote you who has done that before. Um, but, it, I mean, you can kind of essentially do that with 15 and under 2 or 16 and under or wherever they draw the line with the kids. I don't necessarily know what my opinion is on it either. All I know is that the day I turn 40, heck yes, I'm running the 40 plus class. <laughs> it's like your RP card to you to racing. You know what I mean? You take it, you get these little perks, you know, so you you run another class. So I I'm turning know. 30 this year. And the first thing I thought about was, well, only 10 more years till I get to <laughs> till I get my extra track time in the 40 plus class. <laughs> You're always I have somebody that doesn't like it. Like when I went into the 40, they're like, you need to check her ID and da, 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 you know, the, you know, and I'm like, I'm 40, like, stop, you know, like <laughs> the, it just, it's just dumb, you know, like you have Richard Saxton in there. All these guys are pros too. I mean, and then they're talking about, well, we're going to change it to 50. I'm like, cool. Another six years. But this is where I have the issue with that. Are they going to go back on that rule and then deprive Adam of not being able to run those because they wanted to make a rule because of that, you know, like, you know, give it another couple of years. Oh, we're going to let Mayfield run 40. It's okay. You know, that kind of thing. And then <laughs> Adam got screwed out of his couple 40 years. <laughs> you know, once you turn 40, you, you know, you look forward to this stuff. I don't know. That That is very interesting because as, you know, I feel like there's, I don't know what what the right terminology is, but there are some of like the pros who have been in RC racing for longer that, you know, if they see that out, they're going to hit the 40 plus class just like just like Adam did. So like then because there's, you know, X, Y, Z racers in there, are you now going to be like, oh, yeah, 40 plus feature greatest thing ever? Because like that's just totally not fair. <laughs> yeah. So just get rid of the class or like like and I, but, I mean, we've touched on this this whole show about all the classes and stuff. So I, I don't know, you know, like, you know, juniors, you know, they can run that class and another class. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we're. Where do you draw the line and how do you make it fair? And it's just, I don't know. But and I think most of the people that were bitching about him running 40 plus weren't even at the race. <laughs> how did a 40 plus class get made in the beginning anyway? It's been around forever, but I, I will say up until these past like five years, the guys were pretty terrible that ran 40 plus. <laughs> but now that it's getting so competitive and it's almost a bigger class than some of the other classes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're all getting old and I know people say the hobby isn't growing and there's not a lot of younger kids that are actually getting into this. We're all just getting older, you know, mm -hmm. because what really young kid without his dad can afford to do the hobby. Right. Here we are talking about needing a practice car and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and definitely not a paid pro driver. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So I kind of as we transition into Katie's main day as well, I talked about I don't even know how you're racing and managing being a Silver State girl on the podium. Rhonda, I'm going to turn to you one more time because you won Druggy, so you're on the podium with Katie. What mm-hmm. was that like? It was, it was actually pretty cool. Um, I have to say, Katie, you looked very, very beautiful. Thank very, you. Very, you should have wore that when you raced. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a huge distraction. Maybe I could have get, gone further up than I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was pretty cool. And I think for me, when I do, like, I don't really know the trophy girls, so I'm always awkward anyways, touching them. Like, I don't know these, even though I'm a female and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was cool because I knew Katie. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's, you know, like let's get these photos done, you know, and stuff. And, uh, it makes me realize how short I am too, but, um, <laughs> no, it was really cool. Um, you know, I think I, I, we always have the same trophy girls. And so it was nice to have a new one too. And, uh, and, uh, no, she looked really, really good. And, uh, I think you should, you should dress up like that more when you go race. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the hills. I understand that. No. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough for sure with that. Um, but I feel like it was different because um, not only am I racing, but I also have the responsibility of like getting myself all done up, which like I did do that, you know, in high school for a long time. And now that that I'm getting older, it's just one of those things that I don't really care about anymore. Like I'd rather focus on my racing than and get the extra 30 minutes of sleep or 45 minutes of sleep for the race day rather than getting myself all done up. But there's a few days where I'm like, oh, I'll wear a little bit of mascara here today. Like, why not? Or I'll straighten my hair or do something, you know, just, just a little bit of extra. But during that day, especially on like buggy main day, um, I just remember going from my, I think it was like, a 20 or 30 minute, um, B main or something like that. I can't remember which one it was, but I went from my main to marshalling a 30 minute main to running upstairs to our hotel room, getting ready. And then finally making it down five minutes before we had to take pictures. Like it was such a hassle. And I had to put my hair half, half up, half down because I could, I didn't have enough time to curl all of it. So it was just like running around. But also what kind of sucked is I really enjoy watching the mains. Like it's one of the things that brings me the most joy is just watching, you know, the battles that are going on or watching how Jared's doing. And it really sucked because when I was getting ready for podium, I wasn't able to watch any of the mains that were going on. So it was a little bit tough there, but also I had a blast like being a part of, you know, the crew and being a part of those pictures and um, you know, there was a couple of people that had come up to me after the podiums were over and was like, honestly, I had to do a double take because I didn't know that was you. <laughs> it was really. I think it's more shocking because you don't wear a lot of makeup or, you know, you're just carefree when you go to the track. So to see you all done up in your silver state attire was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a treat. No, you you looked very, very beautiful. But I wanted to say, like, I think when you race, like, you kind of, like, guys kind of make you feel like you're supposed to be this, like, supermodel and you're supposed to have this talent and all that. And it's like, some days you don't feel like that, you know, like, or, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're doing 
you know, this hobby because you love it, or whatever sports, like take Danica Patrick. She started out as like a real racer and then all of a sudden she became a bikini model and, you know, all these things or whatever. And I, I, I just feel like you just, you have to be all these things and you really don't, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. just, it, but it, I, I know, I know what you mean. There's some days I don't like getting ready and doing all that. And, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, but it is nice to do it every once in a while. Like I always feel so dirty at the end of the day <laughs> with the track and stuff. Like, yeah, I, but then like then you got to take pictures and podium pictures and things like that so you kind of want to look decent you know but uh no you you definitely look like a vegas trophy girl it was it was really neat to see that and um who knows you might do it some more huh (laughs) we'll see he needs another one next year i'm totally down I love what you said, the extra 30 or 45 minutes of sleep. It's so true, especially (laughs) on a big race. It's like, okay, I can definitely like hit the snooze button a couple more times and just forget about my hair or something like that. It's really because like growing up, especially in high school, I would wake up for, you know, for class two hours early to do my hair and makeup. I was very anal about that. I needed it done. I could not go to school without makeup or my hair done. It's just one of those things that like I was very worried about. And then I got into, um, I slowly got into RC and then I just started racing more. And I was like, I'd rather focus on my racing than, you know, stress about what I looked like at the track. And also if I I'm very, I'm not the type of person that likes a lot of attention on me. So I don't like people looking at me very often. So it was very weird for Silver State too, because a lot of people looked at me and it was, it was super bizarre, but I'm, I'm the one that like, if I'm going to the track, I don't really want to wear makeup because I'll get, you know, more looks than, you know, I normally would. So it's just, I don't know. I, I used to love doing my makeup and my nails too. But now that I work on my cars, like I can't maintain my nails at all. Cause it's just after, you know, working on my car for a day, it just doesn't hold up. Um, but I, I, I enjoy it. I just don't do it as often. So it's super, um, I don't know how, how you would say it. It's very much, I guess, a treat for me to like get all done up when it, it doesn't happen very often. So <laughs> crazy though, the, the different attention that you get, you know, versus just yeah. normal. It's, it's, it's like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, I can't, so there's a lot of girls out there that do not like being a female in like a male dominant sport or whatever it may be. And I, I love it. I love having everybody underestimate me as a female and thinking that I'm not fast on the track or thinking that, you know, oh, I mean, Katie's nothing to worry about. I think over the last year, people have gotten to know me a little bit better and know that, like, I'm not just, I don't consider myself super fast or anything, but I'm not slow either. So I think it's it's really interesting. Like, there's been a couple of times where I was, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast too. I went to LCRC for, I think it was Mugen Challenger, Race Against Cancer, one of those. And I was down in pit lane and I was, you know, getting uh, my dad's car tuned in and everything. And there was, we were sitting on the box. No, it was before pit lane. We were sitting on the box in, you know, the warm up area. And I'm tuning my dad's car because he doesn't really know that much about nitro. And I can tune a motor decent. I'm not super good at it but I can get it decent and so I was tuning the motor my dad was standing there and he was just watching and then you know we put it all on the track and my dad comes back and he goes you will not believe how many people just like their jaws dropped and were just watching you tune this motor and I was like why and he goes because 
you're you. You're like a girl. You're you're tuning my motor for me when I don't really know shit about doing it. And there was another time where I was in pit lane with him and I was about to let him go. And the, the tune was a little bit off. And this guy next to me was like, oh, it's too lean. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, no, it's not. Like, I know <laughs> I know how the car sounds right now. And that's not it at all. But thank you. <laughs> but it was really it's it's something interesting to have the the men underestimate the 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 women it's 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 funny well there was that guy at the track the other day and he's been there several times but the guy's kind of a airhead or whatever (laughs) and i ran a couple times i had thought he saw me run and he comes out because adam's pitting me he's all your wife's pretty good you teach her how to race and I was like, no, she's longer than me. You know, so it's just funny some of the dumb stuff that they say. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, you know. But I, I do, I'm like you, Katie. I don't like a lot of attention on me. I kind of, mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to stay stealth and, and all that. It, um, It is the, I guess I don't even pay attention to it anymore. I just kind of do my thing or whatever. But I remember when I was a lot younger, all eyes are on you and you're just Mm -hmm. like, can I like do my stuff? And then it makes it awkward when you're working on your stuff. You like feel like, are they watching me? You know, Mm -hmm. so I know how you feel. Yeah, I felt that for a little while. And then now I'm just like, well, I mean, they can watch all they want. I, I, you know, look at me working on my car. That's totally fine. You just better be prepared on the track when I beat your butt. (laughs) (laughs) there was one guy i was standing there with the controller in my hand mind you warming up my car and the guy was like hey he's on the driver's stand you can let him down i said let him down what are you talking about he was like he's on the driver's stand you can put him down i was like put him down like this is my car if you want to stand here and just wait one more second and watch me drive around the track that'd be great because you've officially tipped me over the edge now assuming that i'm here not to race myself just (laughs) to put someone down i don't even know who he was referring to (laughs) my fit is when they're racing you down the straightaway and they're full punch and then you turn and they fly into the wall (laughs) (laughs) on them and i'm like full punch too and i'm like i just know that they're not gonna make the turn it's awesome They're just so worried about the drag race that they don't pay yeah. Yes. Well, Katie, you looked amazing. If I was on the podium, if I was ever so lucky like Rhonda, I'd, it would for sure be less awkward that I knew you. But I'd be like, girl power. More girls on the podium, the better. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I enjoyed it for sure. We had Our- that dress pinned in like 10 different places <laughs> to get it to fit decent. It was like choking me (laughs) i guess that's something interesting they gave you the dress that you needed to wear i assumed you they just told you to wear gold and you brought a gold dress no they had a dress there and she asked me what size i was and she had a zero or two and i guess one of the other girls already had a zero so i took the two um which i thought would be okay i mean it'd be close enough but then they also said that their dress the dress would be like in the chest area it goes a little bit lower than you know some other dresses like even if you fit into it correctly it's gonna it's gonna be really low and so we had to like pin it up and then pin it in the back to like cinch the waist a little bit more and it was like I couldn't I had to have people help me get in and out of the dress (laughs) that is full full full-blown dressing wardrobe there (laughs) (laughs) 
I had no idea. Um, okay, so we wrapped up Silver State, but I do want to touch on a couple things national since all of us are going there. Um, I'll start with what are your goals for nationals? We all talked about how we're like, you know, we're not really shooting for the finals necessarily, but kind of what is your goal going into LCRC? We'll start with you first, Rhonda. Um, like I said, I, I, I said it earlier, I think I'm, I'm just going to try to do the best that I can do, but like we were talking about with weather and stuff there, um, it's like raining there all this week and stuff. So I don't know. I really didn't check that far into the weather of what it's going to be like when we're there. But I mean, that's going to change the dynamics of everything. So I'm just going to take it day by day. Um, see what happens. Um, I've, I've said I've said it time and time again. But, you know, when you go into it so prepared, it just sometimes doesn't go your way. So I'm just going to take it the day by day. I want to do the best that I can do. Um, and I also just want Adam to do the best that he can do as well. And, um, so we'll see, see how it goes. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I don't really have too many goals until I actually physically see the track and then I'll start working on it from there, I guess. I'm personally really excited to race with you because we've chatted and talked a lot, but it's not often that we get to be at the racetrack together. So it's going to be fun getting to race with you. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a lot of fun. And, uh, I, how many, how many entries is it? Is it like 200? I think they, in 2019, I swear to you, it was 300, but I feel like they capped it at an awkward number, like 350 maybe this year. Okay. Yeah, I, I looked at it, but I can't remember. There's so much has happened since I looked at it when we signed up. But um, yeah, no, it should be fun. And uh, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. All right, Katie, any goals or expectations for the LCRC Fuel Nets? Um, I just want to, I'm very curious to see where I line up, at, you know, compared to everybody else. And I've been to LCRC like a few, uh, quite a few times already. And I'm super excited to be back with the weather and stuff. I'm not too worried about the rain because they clear it up pretty, pretty decent um, whenever it does rain. Um, but I'm super excited for Jared, too, because I, I want to see where he lines up, um, you know, with everybody. I'm sure he'll do fine, but I'm curious to just see everything. And then my dad is also going, so I'm very excited to see where he, you know, ends up, too. But I, I don't have too too much like high expectation for anything or I don't really know what to expect I just know that I raced LCRC before like it's a really cool track and um yeah I'm just excited to go to a race too because one of my favorite things in the world is to be at the racetrack so I'm super excited just to be there I think that they might make the track though a little more challenging this year yes Yeah, I would say so. I would think so. I mean, this is a national event with everybody, you know, everybody who is anybody is attending. So I would, they would, you know, make it a little bit more technical and challenging and, you know, make it a national worthy track, you know. I hope so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like my, my main goal is to not get one of those stupid 164 first place trophies first loser trophies <laughs> if it's anything higher than the first loser in the 164th even main then i'm good <laughs> but i really don't want one of those again one was enough 
Um, all right. So we've kind of just to wrap up, have got a lot of new things going on. I feel like we're crazy busy and I've been trying to get some of this stuff out for a while, but some kind of new things that are going on with race, like a girl. Well, one will be at the fuel nets and we've got all our typical shirts and t-shirts, but we do have hats now. Our hats come in all colors. You can get mint green, uh, pink or black. And then some other kind of new things just to touch on is we will be releasing a Race Like a Girl newsletter. So I'm not sure if it's going to come out before this podcast episode gets released or after this podcast episode gets released. But Rhonda and Katie are both on it for one. And our goal is to make that newsletter sort of a monthly newsletter. Um, We'll see if I can get one out every month. If not, it may go to a quarterly newsletter, but we're going to try monthly now that I have a template for it. But you're going to see all kinds of things on that newsletter. And basically, it's just to promote and support all of the females that are in the hobby. So if you got anything, definitely send it to us. If you want to subscribe to the newsletter, definitely subscribe when it comes out. And then the other thing that we are trying to do for FuelNet specifically, um, since we are talking about FuelNet, um, so I guess I'm going to ask this question first to you, Rhonda. When you're at an event like Nationals, is there anything that you and Adam do specifically with your tires when you're done with them? We actually, we we really use our tires. We're not wasteful like racers. So like when we're done with them at the Nationals, we usually take them home for practice because they're still really good because you don't put the kind of runs that you do like at home, you know. So that, we usually, t- that's what we do. We just take them home and I practice with them and or even sometimes put them on for a club race or something. So mm-hmm. um, Adam and I are very uh, like frugal, like we're, we're not those type like, oh, send me all this stuff and all that. So we really use our stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I feel like we definitely are too. We have so many tires in our trailer right now. One of the reasons being because if a tire is still good, we are pretty like that too, where we're like, oh, well, even if this isn't a qualifying tire, we can definitely practice with it. Um, But one of the things that we were going to do at Nationals is we have a Future Stars of RC race in October, which is a race that's kind of geared towards trying to get new people in the hobby. So if you don't have a race car yourself or if you're just getting started into the hobby, it doesn't necessarily need to be a kid, just any new racer, regardless of age. Um, we're trying to make that bigger and better than we did last year. And so one of the things that was really successful at that race is we were able to give every new racer a set of eight scale tires. So I have a future stars of RC brochure and was going to ask someone like, um, I don't know, the Mugen tent or Katie, the AKA tent that you may be associated with, with Jared is Mm -hmm. to just put a box there and if you do have any that you don't necessarily want to take with you but feel like they could still be used to positively impact a racer we're going to take those and um gather them up for our future stars of our sea race and the goal is to hopefully give them a wide variety of um you know, of compounds and treads that they can be successful with. Because for a racer who doesn't have a tire sponsor, 
it's sometimes difficult to feel prepared and like you have what you need to get and go to the races. So I know there's a lot of guys that do fly that maybe don't take as much tires home. So that's kind of where we're going with that. Yeah, we'll definitely make that happen for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we can do that too, for sure. Definitely. So it can be anybody. I mean, if you guys are pitting with Mayfield and he's got like two or three that he doesn't want to keep, you know, we'll we'll gladly take them. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Um, all right. So anything else that you're looking forward to for nationals? I know we spoke to the track a lot, but I feel like LCRC is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And you guys already touched on that. It was hard to get to some of the Las Vegas stuff, even though you were in Las Vegas. Um, But anything that you're looking forward to with the nationals and going to maybe the LCRC track specifically. I haven't raced there. So Katie, we'll start with you first. Yeah, I do want to say that we know the Muma family um, decent. Um, like Jared and I both, and then my family as well. So we're very um, well acquainted with them. And they're super nice people. And they just want to, you know, do their best in accommodating everybody, even when, you know, if there's family, other families going. I know they had recently, you know, got a new play set up for you know, the other kids and other families um, to know, get away from RC a little bit if they need to. Um, they have um, a hobby shop there as well. There's, you know, a really good air station. There's a, a ton of parking for RVs and, you know, campers and all that stuff. They have a really big space to work with. Um, as far as like other stuff around, there's not too much around the track, um, like food or um, hotel wise, but the track itself is, you know, a really, a really nice facility, um, to be at. And the family is just wonderful. They all work together. Um, the little one, especially, um, the youngest mom of of the family is just too cute. She'll ride her tricycle around and it's the most adorable thing ever. (laughs) Rhonda, I know you, you like, don't even really like flying, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, anything that you're looking forward to to national specifically, I'm guessing it's not the airplane ride. No, not that. But I'm looking forward to seeing the Amish people again. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's such a trip coming from California and uh, then seeing that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a country girl. I was born in Texas, but I was pretty much raised out here. But there's really nothing to do out there. Um, but like, like uh, Katie was saying, Katie with a K, and not, you know, it's funny when you guys call each other Katie. It's like trips me out. But um, the the uh, LCRC crew is the best. I mean, they they really are top notch, and and uh, I mean, Katie said so many wonderful things, and she's right. And um, no, I I had the last year when I went, I had such a great time at the Mugen Challenge, and it brings me back because California people in. I know I live out here and all that, but it's just different. People are all about themselves out here. When you go to like the back East races and like the, the Mugen challenge, I mean, everybody was in their campers and so nice. I just, I like real people, real people that, you know, out here, everybody's like, Oh, I have to go to Starbucks and then I'm going to go get a massage. And then, you know, I, I'm not that type of person. Um, I can go with the flow and all that, but uh, I just, I really enjoy the people when we go to the other races. I don't enjoy the flying part. I'd rather drive if we could, but 
like we just went to Arizona and people are just different. And I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate real people. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I've heard that on Sunday, all the, um, all the horse and buggies are always out, which that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And they don't move out of the way for you either. They're like, (laughs) you know, so. Also, another thing that I'm looking forward to is the, the Moomaws will set up like, um, this movie screen type thing right behind the driver's stand. So after, you know, when the nights are over, I don't know if they'll do it at nationals, but, um, you know, at like race against cancer, like some of their local races that are there, um, throughout the season, they'll set up this screen and have like a projector going with like, you know, the people can bring over their lawn chairs and just watch a movie with a blanket and just hang around like as a family or as like friends and, um, get to enjoy a movie and relax after, after the races are over. So that's nice. That is super cool. Rhonda, what airport are you flying into to get there? Baltimore. And then we're driving for like a couple hours. We did it the last time too, but Adam says that's the easiest way since he's gone a couple times. Yeah, it's definitely not like a super hotel or I don't know, travel friendly place as far as having an airport super close by, but I've heard nothing but good things about the track. Yeah, it's worth it. Totally worth it. All right. So that kind of brings us to the end of our Silver State slash Nationals talk. Um, I'm sure the listeners probably feel like they got a treat with both of you on here. So I definitely cannot thank you both enough for your willingness to come on, share your perspective and chat with us. I know me personally, I had an awesome time talking with you guys tonight. So just thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I always have a blast. (laughs) (laughs) So to everybody else, make sure you catch up with us at LCRC. And I'm sure we will have more to talk about after the Nationals. Until then, we'll catch you later.